Greetings from Covenant Community of LJ, Georgia. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to these messages God has provided to our fellowship from His Word. May He bless you richly as you seek Him. We'd like to invite you to be with us in person someday soon. And for information on that, visit us at covenantcommunitylj.com. And now, let's open up God's Word. story I, I read in, in the magazine, they used to have those magazines and I would read them and they, this lady went like that gentleman did to hotel to commit suicide and she was going to run water in the tub and throw the hairdryer in with herself. Um, do I need to stand somewhere else to kill the echo or are you all okay? Okay. All right. um, so uh, the... She started the water running, and she went and sat on the bed to wait while the tub filled, saw the Gideon Bible, opened it up. Next thing she knew, she was on her knees reading that thing, crying out to God, and the water started running around her feet. Of course, she messed up the room, but uh, she came to know the Lord. Uh, I've read of military people. One guy was hit, uh, and, and the Gideon Testament was in his pocket, and that saved his life. Uh, just uh, a helicopter was flying over uh, Russia somewhere and somehow they ended up uh, a box dropped out or something and some guy hiking across there found the Bible, took it to his or found that box, took it to his village, spread it around when they finally got there years later there's a bunch of people already saved there uh, I, I mean stories all across the world of the, the word of God making a difference and changing uh, people's lives and since uh, we had um, Brother Jim and Glenda here this morning, I just wanted to speak to you a little bit about the Word of God. So uh, let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Uh, Eric preached to us from Deuteronomy chapter 6 sometime back, and I know you remember every word that he preached, but I'd like us to go there real quickly. A- anyway, Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we'll start at verse 1. <clears throat> Some of us talk to God a lot, but it's real important to listen to God and what he says uh, through his word. So in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1 says, Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments. Uh, I'm in the New American Standard, which your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you're going over to possess it, which is the promised land, the land of Canaan, so that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God. And this is not the terror type of fear. This is profound respect mixed with love for him and all for him. The amazing God that we have as revealed in his word and to our spirit by the Holy Spirit. To keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life. Why? So that your days can be prolonged. Love God, trust God, obey God. Oh Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it so that it may be well with you and you may multiply greatly just as the Lord, the God of your fathers has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, God says, I want to bless you. I want to be involved with you. I want only good for you. Here are the ways to walk in so that you can experience my best plan for your life. Uh, How to experience my love in the fullest way. Hear, O Israel, verse 4. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with 
all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. You're in a covenant relationship with him. Verse 6, these words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. You see, you can obey some rules. You know, you can have a dutiful wife and she can be there and say, okay, meet you at the door. Food's fixed, kids are in bed, house is clean, everything. Anything else you want? Oh, that's really warming, isn't it? Well, you know, everything's okay. The commands have all been done, but there's no heart. God wants your heart. God wants my heart. And so he says there, love me with all your heart, with all your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and with all your might. These are the words that I'm commanding you today, and they shall be on your heart. Verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your sons, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. When you're riding down the road in your car, it's okay sometimes for everybody to put on their electronic device. It's okay sometimes for everybody to ignore each other while you're going somewhere. But every once in a while, you need to say, take all that stuff out of your ears. Every, we're turning the radio off. We're all going to sing a song together of praise to Jesus. Now, fortunately for us, we didn't have radio stations where we were. So we'd ride down the road. My mama loved to sing. And uh, she would lead us in songs. My dad would sing along with us and we'd ride down the road singing, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. How great thou art. We would get to choose different songs. Uh, what you are, speak so loud that the world can't hear what you say. They're looking at your walk, not listening to your talk. They're judging by your actions every day. Don't believe that you'll deceive by telling what you've never known. They'll accept what they see and that's what they know you to be. They'll judge by your life alone. That's a little song. We'd sing those songs and we, I mean, we'd go 100, 200 miles singing songs after song after song. And I'm so blessed that those are in my heart. And he says, love me with your mind. He's a mighty God. Love me with your will. Make a decision to love me. Love me with your, your emotions. Sing praise to him. I was talking to somebody just recently and I said, who do you love the most? And they said, my mama. You're supposed to say that and she really meant it. And I said, nah, you love somebody else. No, my mama's the one I love the most. I said, no. Myself. I said, right? I said, would anybody that loved their mama do the things that you've done to your mama? Who do you love the most? Who do you love the most? God says, love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Love me with your total being. Put me at the center of your life. When I'm the center of the wagon wheel, then your friends your job, your hobbies, all that other stuff will line up with that. It'll start coming together and your life will be meaningful and joyful. That's what you were created for is to have God at the center of your life. Not because he's egocentric and can't stand to be alone. No, he was fine before he created us. But he loves us. So he says here, uh, teach them diligently to your sons and talk about them. All, you know, have these things in, in your life. Uh, educate your children in my word. And I'm so thankful for a mother and father who did that. Verse 8, 
Bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontlets in your forehead. Read the word often, in other words, and have reminders of the word. My mama had little scripture signs around the, the house. Uh, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, God's had a plan. He's prophesied the plan. He's performing the plan to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build and houses full of all good things which you did not fill and hewn cisterns which you didn't dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant and you eat and are satisfied. Put a little star by this verse in your Bible, verse 12. Then watch yourself. Everybody say, watch yourself. Watch yourself. Dig your neighbors a little, a little bit with the elbow. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. That you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the land of slavery. You shall fear only the Lord your God, and you shall worship him and swear by his name. You shall not follow other gods, any of the gods of the people who surround you. For the Lord your God in the midst of you is a jealous God. Otherwise, the anger of the Lord your God will be kindled against you, and he will wipe you off the face of the earth. He says, don't be ignorant of my word. Don't neglect my word. Don't neglect my ways and become spiritual orphans. You, verse 16, you should not put the Lord your God to a test as you tested him at Massa. Everybody in that section still with me over there? Still got those eyes propped open even though you were up late? Very good. Thumbs up. Got there. Everybody here still with me? Y'all still with me? Yeah, I got a smile over here. Back row, good. All right, we're all still together. You should diligently keep the commands of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he's commanded you. You shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord. Why? God says, so that it can be well with you and you can go in and possess the good land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers by driving out all your enemies from before you as the Lord spoke. When your son asks you in time to come saying, what do the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments mean which the Lord your God commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt, and you and I were slaves to the devil. And the Lord brought us from Egypt with a mighty hand, and Jesus rescued us from the hand of the devil with a mighty hand. Moreover, the Lord showed great and distressing signs and wonders before our eyes against Egypt, Pharaoh, and all his household. He brought us out from there in order to bring us in to give us the land which he had sworn to our fathers. So the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, and for our good always, and for our survival as it is today. It will be righteousness for us if we are careful to observe all his command, commandments before the Lord our God, just as he commanded us. Now, if you would turn to Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2. Now, this is after God talked to them and warned them. Uh, and uh, all I want to do is just read it to you without a whole lot of comment. It should be very obvious to you because you're extremely smart. Don't laugh as you look at your neighbor. Uh, they are smart. Uh, they're smart. You know, God says here in, in Judges chapter 2. Now the angel of the Lord, this is 
Remember, we've been studying the book of Joshua. At the end of the book of Joshua, they've entered the promised land that God promised Abraham 430 years before. They've entered into the land of promise, a land flowing with milk and honey, cities and everything that God was giving them because he loved them and had a great plan for them. And the people that were there were evil people that refused to repent for 400 years. And so God uh, dealt with them. So as they entered in, the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal where was the central base camp that they had there as they entered the promised land to Bokim. And he said, I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land which I swore to your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And as for you, you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall tear down their altars, but you have not obeyed me. What is this you've done? Therefore, I also said, I will not drive them out before you, but they will become as thorns in your sides, and their gods will be a snare to you. They'll be trapping you and causing you trouble. When the angel of the Lord spoke these words to the sons of Israel, the people lifted up their voices and wept. So they named the place Bokim, and there they sacrificed to the Lord. They named the place Weepers. So the angel of the Lord, the presence of God came up and said, look, I've warned you. I've given you everything I said I'd give you. Here you are, and yet you're disobeying me already. You're already not conquering the land that I've given to you, not taking advantage of all that I've given to you. What about you? You know, here is a treasure beyond compare. This is the truth when the devil tells you lies. This is the light when you've been walking in darkness. This is life when you're sitting in the shadow of death headed to destruction. This word of God is God's revelation to you, his love letter to you to tell you where you came from, why you're here, and where you're headed. You may be sitting there and totally disinterested. You may not even care. Your spirit may be dead to God. Your heart may be hard against God. You may be, but God has good intentions for you. God appeals to you, speaks to you, but he is not indifferent and just saying, oh, whatever. You know, he is not Santa Claus. He's better than Santa Claus. But he doesn't grade on a curve. What was that? Thank you. Good. All right. <laughs> so he said, I gave you victory over these people. All you had to do was go whip them. But you haven't done it, so guess what? I'm not going to help you whoop them now. They're going to stay around. They're going to give you trouble. In your Christian life, listen, those of you baptized last week, that's a wonderful sign. You go down under the water and say, I say goodbye to the old life where I did what I wanted to do. Hello to the new life where I'm a Christ follower. I'm surrendered to Jesus. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm walking in His Word and His way. I want to go after Him. Then I want to encourage you today, not just to read the Bible, the Bible has a blessing for those who meditate in His Word day and night. Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. If you know the truth, then you'll be able to pick out the lie. But if you don't know the truth, they can tell you anything they want to. And you're going to be deceived and messed up. And young people, young people, don't think, well, when I get old like you, Steve, and I haven't got anything better to do, then I'll do that. I, you know, I'll get that Bible. No, by then your heart will be hard. By then you'll be going, uh, you, you'll have a lot of pain and misery in your life if you've neglected God. Remember now, your Creator, in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, when you say, I wish I was dead. 
It's your free. You can read. You've got the book. You've got time. You've got a place. And while you're young, you don't have as many obligations as you will have. Parents, watch this. Don't be so obsessing with so much stuff in your kids' lives that they never have time to read the Word of God. The most important thing you can give them. My daddy told me one time, said, well, son, when I die, said, we're living in this little rented house, and when I die, I'm not going to leave you much. I said, you gave me the most important thing. You gave me a life devoted to Jesus. You lived that life before me, and I saw a marriage that made me want to be married since I was seven, I saw God answering prayer and taking care of you. My dad, my mom's gone to heaven. My daddy's 91, and he's still got a little bit of lard on his side. He's still got a little bit of fat. He's not starving to death, and he's still being taken care of by God's grace. So I said, you gave me the most important thing, a living testimony that God is alive. God is at work, and I praise God uh, that, that I had a family like that. People told my parents, you're crazy bringing up your kids over there in Africa. Uh, you know, what about this, that, and the other? And they said, well, this is where God led us. God gave them to us, so you must want them to be part of this. I thank God uh, for that. So the angel came, and he warned them. Verse 6, then Joshua dismissed the people, the sons of Israel, and each went to his inheritance to possess the land. The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua, who had seen all the great work of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died. If you look through the Bible, they all die. But God's still alive. And he raises up other people. The age, he died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the territory of his inheritance in Timnath-Herez, in the, the hill, hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. All the generations were gathered to their, all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them. There rose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. How is it possible? You parents, what a disgrace that would be if your children grow up, grow up and don't know God or what he's done. It's your responsibility. When that child is born, that is an eternal spirit. I tell the people in the nursery, don't say, ah, I'm back here in that nursery. No, you're in the nursery holding an eternal spirit. Pray for that child while you hold them. You can have a tremendous effect while you're holding them. They can feel something there. And as you pray for them and intercede for them, and what a joy we had this week. You know, we've been praying for one of our young people, and they uh, called on Christ to save them this week. What a wonderful thing. It is when our children come to give their lives to the Lord. But here there arose a whole generation that did not know God. All across America, right in Gilmer County, are young people who are clueless about Jesus Christ. Clueless about the God of the Word, the, the word of God here. 20,000 people, in my estimation, sitting at home today, doing other stuff today, clueless about God. Or even if they know, well, I'm church hurt. Well, I'm bitter. Well, get over it. You know, um, you can be bitter at Walmart. You can be bitter at Ingalls. You can be bitter at the tire place. You can be bitter at everybody. I mean, there's nobody in this world that's done everything right all the time, right? Uh, right? Okay, you're still with me. Good. Uh, so they, there was a generation that knew not God, and they 
Then, as you read the rest of the chapter, they brought judgment down on themselves. They began to serve uh, evil gods, sensual gods, and, and, and terrible things came into their lives. Let me just ask you something. Um, do you have a problem with spending regular quality time with God? won't ask you to raise your hand, but if it did, uh, most of you would. Most of us would, I would say. I have to fight for that. I have to make a decision that I want to get up. You know, Jesus, the Son of God himself, rose up early, a great while before dawn. I wish that wasn't in there. <laughs> great while before dawn, I said, maybe tomorrow I got to bed late. But then after he had fed the 5,000 people and all the women, all the children, probably 10,000 people, and they said all the stuff, then he went and prays on up to 3 o'clock in the morning, spending time with God. Uh, Jesus, the Son of God, spending time with God the Father. Uh, we're, we're talking here, talking to you about small groups. Um, there's very few things in life that are critical. Most of it's optional. Uh, but you will, a hundred years from now, you will be in heaven or hell. Now, the reason you get saved is not so you go to heaven. The reason you get saved is not so you won't go to hell. The reason you give your life to Christ and, and are reconciled to God is that's what you were created for. You were created as uh, to, to be in fellowship with God. He loves you passionately and he wants to be involved in your life. And this world has sin in it and things are messed up, but guess what? If you know him, he is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And you can't get to God some other way uh, uh, than him. God sent his son. Jesus said, I didn't come here to... First of all, to save you. I came here, first of all, to please my Father because He loves you so much. He sent me down here and I said, I would live here a perfect life. I would be tempted. I would be tried. I would restrict myself. I would uh, allow myself to be totally subject to the will of God the Father and guided by the Holy Spirit so that I could live a perfect life, die a sinless death, go into uh, paradise, take the thief there with me, the one that surrendered, and then go on down to hell. Preach to the spirits in prison, stay there three days, then rise from the dead as we celebrated Easter. Uh, and, 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 rise, and then after 40 days of proving who he was, go back to heaven, seated at the Father's right hand, King of kings, Lord of lords, having all authority in heaven and on earth, and say, now, you go as my ambassadors. You go with those Bibles. You go uh, into your work. You go into wherever I send you, whether you're a grandpa and a grandma or you're a, a little five-year-old, wherever. Be in a relationship with me and let me work in your life and work through you and experience me day by day. How are you doing there? So why, if he is our Lord and Master, would we not talk to him in the morning, not talk to him in the evening, or not be, or not be trying to boss him around, tell him what to do? Uh, he wants us to come to him and to love him. We don't have time to go to uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, but I'll invite you to read there tonight. In Bible study, we'll be uh, studying uh, about that. But today, uh, the Gideons are devoting their lives and finances and time and resources to hand out the Bibles all over the world 
because the word of God is the lamp to our feet. It's the light to our path. It's the only compass when you're flying through the clouds of this world. If you don't know where you're going, all you need to know is, am I walking according to the word of God today by the spirit of God to please God? Are you? Are you today? Last week, we baptized people who had put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And they publicly, uh, sort of like putting on your wedding band, publicly said, I want everybody to know I'm a child of God through faith in Jesus. I am a Christ follower. I am surrendered to Jesus. When he says, go, I go. When he says, stop, I stop. I'm not just talking to him. I'm listening to him. And I'm living to please him. That is the call of God for us to go out and to make a difference here. You know, we want to do three simple things here. One, I think it's really great. We have Sunday school classes here. We're going to be starting a study in one of the New Testament books, either Matthew or Luke, uh, here in a couple of weeks. Some of you are already studying Matthew, so I've been looking. Uh, I'm terribly conflicted because when I started reading the, the, the birth of Christ and I saw all that stuff in Luke that's left out, I said, ah. So I may switch and do Luke on you. Would anybody be offended? Anybody be offended? Good. Okay. <laughs> so I can do that. That's the way Sophie does us. She'll say, we go to Shane's. Then she puts her fingers in her ears. <laughs> she does not want to hear no. Uh, but we want to study uh, the, the Word of God. If you're in Sunday school and if you're in big group meeting at church, enjoying the praises of God with your brothers and sisters, and then you're in a small group each week where you can use the gifts of the Holy Spirit, where you can uh, share with one another, where you have people that you know you can call and talk to. Uh, those things will really make a major difference in your life as a Christian. And then if you add other things to it, that's fine. But those three things are really, really important, that you're studying the Word of God and interacting with other people, that you're hearing the Word of God preached and you're celebrating with brothers and sisters and knowing who they are, and then that you're in a small group. And so pray about what God wants you to do and where He wants you to be. Uh, you know, three years from now, you should be able to lead a small group. You should be able to facilitate one, not be the preacher, but be a facilitator and a leader. Uh, you know, I would love to hear that there's a study at the hospital uh, with some of the nurses. I would love to hear that they're at the chicken plant, that uh, on their uh, lunch break, that they get together real quick one day a week to have a little Bible reading and prayer together. I would love to hear that all across the county that we are facilitators of reading the Word of God, praying together, and having testimonies all the time of what God's done. Amen? The Word of God is a, a privilege to have. Lots of people can't read. Lots of people, there they are. How many did you say that, that we have the potential to send and just need the money? 2278000 So, you know, today, uh, when you uh, give, uh, if it's just a dollar, guess what? That's partway to a Bible. Uh, or it's a dollar and a quarter, you've got a New Testament. Uh, we'll just do an offering as you go out the door. If you, as, as Brother Jim said, if you're not prepared today and you want to go back and get your thousand dollars together, there's an envelope right on this bulletin here, and you can make it out to the Gideons and send it to them. It won't hurt them a bit. If you're not sure how much to give, just sign the check and put pray over it, brother, and fill it in, and uh, I'll, I'll find out later from my bank account. Uh, but we, we want to be involved with the ministry of the Gideons and sharing together. And it's not how much you give. It's not equal giving, but equal 
uh, sacrifice as you do what God wants you to do. Anybody got anything you need to say? Well, tonight we will be meeting 6 o'clock. We'll be studying in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we'll be sharing some testimonies and uh, some good times there. Um, and I'm so thankful to get to be with you today. Go ahead, Eric. Come up here and say something. You'll give them a crick in their neck. Come up here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. As, as you go out, uh, when you signed up for three small groups, just put it uh, on the back back there. Make sure your name and phone number's on there. And then we'll do our best to uh, do those right. Anybody else? Let's pray. Now, Lord, I pray for your blessing to be on us. Pray that we'll live the kind of a life that pleases you. Pray that our first priority would be to bring a smile to your face. Our first priority, Lord, would be to seek first your kingdom. Where you're king in my life. Not a king that I'm terrified of, but a king that loves me passionately and that I can respond to and serve cheerfully. I don't have to understand why. I just need to know what you need me to do and to be doing that by the power of your Holy Spirit out of a heart of love. And uh, as you have blessed my life already, you'll continue to bless my life. I pray that we can be a church full of individuals, families, and a church that is walking close with you, experiencing uh, your power, your signs, your wonders, your joy, your trials and troubles, because we know that when you are superintending our lives, we can count it all joy, even in the greatest trouble that we have, knowing that you have a purpose in it. Nothing can touch us that hasn't come through your almighty loving hand first. So we pray as we go from this place into this week, uh, Lord, all around us, the devil is at work uh, destroying lives. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, to lie to us, to try to hurt us. Help us, Lord, to know your truth, know your way, know your power, to have brothers and sisters that we can pray with and pray that we would be victorious and that we would be going out taking the land that you have given us, taking the uh, victory that you want us to live in. Uh, clothed with your armor, filled with your spirit, the shield of faith and the word of God, and uh, going out to have victory in Jesus, and then sharing the testimonies of what you do uh, week by week with our friends around us. And we'll thank you for what you continue to do in us and through us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with God. We want to thank you one more time for taking the time to listen to these messages that God's provided our fellowship. We believe he's doing something special among us and would love for you to be a part of it. We hope that you'll take the time to come and visit us in person someday soon. And we invite you to visit our website, covenantcommunitylj.com. There you'll find information on how to contact us if you have a prayer request or if there's a specific way we can minister to you and your family. Until then, God bless you.